Welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, presented by Roast House Pub and Idiom Brewing Company in Frederick, Maryland, as well as Havoc Brew Supply, the one-stop shop for all of your brewery's needs. Check them out at hophavoc.com. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I am in Hagerstown, Maryland at Thick and Thin Brewing Company. Is that right, or did I screw that up? No, that's correct. Okay, I know I, I always forget to finish typing the whole name of the brewery, and like half of you have decided that beer is the right uh, ending, beer company, right, and just or right. some throw you for a loop and just go some completely different route. So, well, a lot of people get confused about to be right about on. the thick and thin. Is it an N? Is it an ampersand? Is it is it a N D? I don't I don't really know. It could be all of those three. All right. Dealer's choice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, introduce yourselves and tell me what you do here. So I'm Adam Shaul. I'm one of the co-founders with my brother, Sasan. Unfortunately, couldn't be here today. And then to my left. My name is uh, Derek Seward, and I am the assistant brewer here. And I'm Jake Beamer. I'm the lead brewer here at Thick and Thin. Is that with an N? That's an ampersand. You couldn't tell? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I did. I missed that subtle inflection. (laughs) So, Adam, what? uh, tell me a little bit about your background. Uh, I grew up in Hagerstown, went to University of Maryland, stuck around in the area in my family business. Uh, My brother and I work together. Uh, We live almost side by side. (laughs) And uh, about four or five years ago, we talked about... Up, opening up a brewery, we have uh, a real estate business and uh, commercial centers and looking to do something fun, something, you know, as we always work together, kind of gets heated, can kind of get rough as the years go. We, we've been working together for over 20 years. So uh, kind of talking about doing something more fun. Again, keep em- emphasizing that word. It's a lot of work. So uh, and I, these guys definitely can attest to that. And uh my brother and I, let's say two and a half, three years ago, just jumped on it. Um, we actually started the drawings, the ideas, the marketing, and thank goodness out of the luck of meeting you and some other friends. And uh, I had met Jake a year or so before that. Um, and all of a sudden it was just a happy coincidence and Thick and Thin was born. We well, yeah, actually, I think it was like, Shortly after I met you is when you called me, Jake, and asked me if I knew of anyone hiring a brewer. And I was like, you know what? I think I do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and when I did finally reach out to Adam and, and follow that lead, it turned out that Adam and I had actually met about two years previously talking about making a brewery. And I think the stars just didn't, weren't right at the time, but yeah. then everything just kind of worked out. Fell into place perfectly. Yep. Um, so what, what led you to the idea for you and your brother to go the opening a brewery route? Cause breweries aren't nearly as lucrative as real estate from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, definitely you have to have a passion. Uh, you have to have an interest. I would say the original idea is simply that we are businessmen. And we enjoy creating businesses and uh, working with people, working with our staff, working with our clients, working with our customers. Um, So it kind of started from that idea. We grew up in a family business. My father had an oriental rug business, import-export. 
and we were into sales a lot. Um, we looked at each other back in 98 and said, we don't want to work on the weekends anymore. <laughs> and uh, we started real estate. Um, but then to jump to thick and thin, we have a lot of commercial shopping centers and getting people back into commercial and the walking crowds uh, besides grocery stores and liquor stores and convenience stores and things like that. We wanted to bring something more interesting. So we looked at uh, restaurants versus breweries. Uh, while I was doing that, COVID hit, so that changed a lot of variables in the business plan. Um, so from a business standpoint, I would say that was the original concept, was bringing feet back into our centers. We could do this in multiple centers that we have across the state, uh, potentially PA, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio. We wrote a business plan moving, expanding big time, like yeah. what it would be, even to Alaska, to be honest with you. We have a shopping center in... Uh, Alaska that uh, we thought it'd be pretty cool to have a West Coast operation. Um, we have uh, a tenant, uh, three bears out there, and they were down to, to, to mess around, you know, have a good time and start a brewery out there. Had to bring it all back a little bit into reality once we opened up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so we're looking to, to really focus on this home spot location, focus on Hagerstown, focus on our original roots of being local, being a craft uh, brewery, making good beer and kind of put all that big business stuff to a side very, very quickly. Um, so then it got into, again, my brother and I are beer drinkers. We're not beer makers. We like to say that when people ask us about opening up thick and thin, uh, you know, Jake's here, Derek's here. They all do really, really good work. Artists, in my opinion, and, I mean, and, and a lot of fun doing it. So our little spin on it is just- Pilsner's phenomenal. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't like sours before I met Jake. I wouldn't drink a sour. Um, there was House Cat. I don't know if you remember that in Frederick. That and doesn't that, count. <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't help my, uh, my palate. And uh, I was really scared. And also I saw a lot of like milkshake sours and cream lactate sours. And, you know, I'm, I'm still Hagerstown. So you mean like mixed fermentation? Yeah. Like the classic of the designation of sours. Yeah. I didn't like any of them, really. Um, so again, I'm you know I like regular beer, IPAs, Pilsners, Lagers. Again, more of a Hagerstown, Western Maryland, simple palate. Um, and part of it was opening this place up. Besides the business, besides the fun, was when we'd go out to breweries, we would feel like we weren't part of the in crew. We weren't part of the crowd. A lot of like kind of, I don't want to say looks or snubs or, or however we were treated. I mean, we were fine. Don't get me wrong. It's drinking beer. It's not, yeah. You know. <laughs> so, but we wanted to really have a place where everybody felt welcome. There was always something to do for fun. It wasn't just about drinking beer and what does this have? And, you know, like a winery almost where you're like, this has this note. And this <laughs> note. We wanted to, you know, also learn more about different things without feeling, you know, silly or stupid for asking a question. And that was probably something that jumped and leapfrogged as we got into it, that we wanted to continue doing that easy drinking kind of traditional style that Jake's, you know, known for and put a little twist on it. And uh, as we go, I feel like we're building on that idea. How do you end up owning a shopping center in Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there is, we do real estate from the sense of land development, construction, and property management. So we buy the land, we build on it, and we either keep it to sell it. Most of the stuff we keep to, for long term. Alaska 
we met a real estate group. Um, again, the saying we're beer drinkers, not beer makers. We also call ourselves in real estate deal makers, not deal breakers. There's a lot of people out there in real estate who put up a lot of walls or barriers to entry or work on an island. We, we like to make things happen. So Alaska came up um, with a building. It, we had to part, there's a 1031, we sold something, we needed to buy something. It was a crazy market, it still is. Um, and my brother said, there's a ton of potential to be the wild, wild west again. When we started in Western Mar in Hagerstown, you could build a house with th three pieces of paper. Um, you could make a contract on a napkin. And it, we cowboyed things. We would add a sunroom, add a third floor, do things. And, you know, and it was, was pretty easy. Alaska, we looked at another wild, wild west. They were really encouraging people to go out there. So we saw this property and um, the lease was up. They were looking to move across the street and the building was going to be vacant. So my brother looked at me and said, we're going to go up there, play our good cop, bad cop. <laughs> and we're going to make them sign a 10 year lease. And cause they're never going to get their building built. They're never going to do it. You know, and we're going to, he had this strategy and, uh, just played our hand as well as we could and got our deal done. And it was, uh, one of our more fun actually stories to, to, for on, in our real estate background. So who's good cop, who's bad cop, or do you switch off? It's a, normally he is. Normally he's the, the rough and tough, but uh, when it comes to certain things and a little bit more when we can drill down on specifics and, you know, I would say it's a 75-25 split. 75 him, him bad? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you agree, Jake? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you, do you have properties all over the U.S. or is that like an outlier Mainly far mid, away? Mainly mid-Atlantic, okay. uh, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, Virginia. Oh, yeah. So was it two to three years ago you said was when the idea of opening a brewery came? It was four, probably four or five when Jake and I first met and okay. my brother and I would joke about it. So he's also the dreamer of the two. <laughs> I'm the doer. Bring I'm them back down to earth? Yeah. <laughs> Yin and yang, yeah. I'm the devil's advocate, he likes to say it sometimes. It's a little bit too tough or too negative sometimes. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. 
So his answer about who's good cop, bad cop may be different than yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He thinks he's really lighthearted and sweet and has all <laughs> these great ideas and everything just turns out roses and, and flowers and birds are always chirping behind him. He likes to say his, our glass is always half full or always full. Our glass is always full. It's never empty. It's never half full. It's always full. No matter what storms are brewing, uh, you make your own destiny and, and uh, he you know, we, we really do enjoy sales and we enjoy business. And he, I think he saw a light in me that, that uh, he's said, hey, I'm going to be your kind of pusher. I'm going to get this thing done. We're going to write the business plan. We're going to make this happen. And, you know, he's definitely very supportive. And I will say, I don't want to say he did this for me, but he did it for us. But I think that he had the idea that um, the separation of responsibility would be me day to day and that I would flourish in, in something that I enjoyed, which is selling and drinking and having a good time and meeting people and, you know, growing, growing a business. So he wanted to get you away from him. <laughs> we, we're, we're right beside each other in the office and we barely can find the time to really sit down. We have a 7.30 to 8 o'clock call every morning uh -huh. and then we eat lunch together. But the rest of the day, we're kind of ships passing in the wind where we're kind of just yelling and talking and boom, boom, wham, bam. I mean, Derek and Jake can tell you, we, we make a lot of decisions on the fly and sometimes we're, we're making the ship as we're flying it. <laughs> and uh, I know it's been a little bit tough on, on the staff and everybody here, but I think it's very organic and natural and, and honestly, it couldn't have worked out any better. So you're more involved to the day, day to day of thick and thin than your brother is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would say I, I kind of fell into the GM responsibility of of more front of the house. So I, I don't want to take the responsibility that I mean, Jake and Derek do a ton when it comes to not just making beer, but setting the schedule of what's coming out, naming, marketing, labeling, um, ordering, invoicing. I mean, the, it really is a team effort and it's everybody kind of steps up more than, than necessary their title. Awesome. Where did the name come from? We did hire a marketing firm. Um, they asked a lot of questions. Uh, they personally, with the logo, I wanted to go more IKEA because in the beginning, like I told you, the idea was to be mid-Atlantic or even in Alaska. And so I kind of wanted that very clean kind of look. Um, and when we talked to him and filled out the the questionnaire, there was a lot of personal questions and I'm not a very personal person. I like to keep it a little bit more business, I guess. Yeah. And um, one of the names was Thick and Thin and, and my brother just hit us. We were like, it's not the greatest name in the sense it's really long and it's a little confusing because it's like, is it thick? Is it fat? Is it thin? Like, is it an N? Is, is it an amber? <laughs> And, uh, but we have a saying, Good call back. <laughs> <laughs> we have a saying that a, a bag of money falls out of the sky, 50, 50. If it's your problem, it's my problem. Divorce, sickness and health. It's, it's different than a marriage, but we're, we're really in it together hundred percent through and through. And so it just resonated through our message of trying to bring people into the, to the brewery to learn resonated with bringing the staff not just for their title, but for 
doing more in the sense of being part of everything and how this business is going to grow and where it's going to go. Um, and we just really, it just seemed perfect from the standpoint that we didn't have the, the perfect vision. We had an idea, but we didn't really have, uh, it was fragile. It was, you know, have you ever seen the movie gladiator? Yeah. Just a whisper, you know? Uh, and, yeah. uh, and so it really, we knew it was going to take everybody to build something big. And I think it's, it's going, it's definitely going. So it was what then three years from idea to, to today? fruition? Probably. Cause you've been, oh, how long you've been open now? Six months? Last August. I guess it was last. Yeah. No, oh, it's no, even less than a year. Yep. So yep. We're coming up on a year. Uh, we have a, one year barrel aged bourbon uh, stout, imperial stout that's coming out um, for our one year celebration. Nice. August 24th, that weekend, Thursday through Sunday, baby. Then we're taking Monday off and going tubing. I think it's, we'll see if it's decided or not yet. <laughs> that's a popular uh, brewery class trip. There you go. <laughs> yeah, because you can drink beer while doing it. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Should I invite my wife? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think, that that was just, I think that was just vetoed. I don't edit. That's too much work. <laughs> now I can blame you guys. Actually, they said no, babe. It's not my fault. They said no. there's, there's recorded proof. <laughs> but um, actually, maybe it's, I'm being a little bit long. Yeah, it's probably less than two years from probably about two years from the beginning of putting pencil to paper to opening. Well, I, I think the, the physical build out <laughs> for this building started around March. Mm hmm of last year that's a fast build out then so yeah it was about four months from that's ridiculously fast. from build out to first brew day good thing we know somebody in construction i was just going to say <laughs> is that <laughs> is that a result of having contacts in oh, yeah. that world yeah no that was uh i have have a lot of chips out there i believe in favors and good fortune and and you get what you give and i all of our contractors really stepped up i'll tell you a funny story about the brew house though <laughs> uh I did not want to wait at all. <laughs> I was definitely a little crazy. And everybody was looking at me and I was like, the equipment's coming on this day. We're going to have a lift on this day. And we're going to be brewing like this day. And I just basically said it. I didn't really ask. I just kind of didn't ask the, the supplier. I mean, Jake was involved. He's like, sure, the dolls, you know, and he, you know, Jake and everybody's very wants to. Theoretically, theoretically that work. work. <laughs> well, the, the company Creveller that, that installed our, our brew house uh, typically would do the install of the, the brew house itself and then wait for utilities. So water, steam, electric, all that stuff takes another, they estimate on average about three to four weeks. Then the engineer would come back after those four weeks and do a test run yeah. and sh show you how to use the, the brew house. And uh, I was like, no, we're, we're installing this whole thing in three days, all the utilities, um, after 72 hours were installed and we brewed that next day. And so he, <laughs> we didn't give him a chance to go home and, and come back. We just did it. I mean, literally there's, we're setting the tanks and they're measuring the pipes for the steam for the boiler. <laughs> we're setting the tanks. They're measuring for the glycol. I mean, all, everybody, the electrician, the plumber, the chiller, everybody was on top of each other, working together, eating pizza at lunch, Jimmy John's <laughs> having a good time. And, uh, I think they had a great time. I think it was all, I don't think it was, nothing went bad, nothing went wrong, that nothing got broken. No, it was, it was definitely chaotic, but not in a, 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 a way that was not fun. You know, we still were 
uh, looking forward and optimistic. You didn't have fun? Get that thing was it rolling. Fun for you? It was certainly stressful, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but somehow it all worked. <clears throat> was Crevella on board with completely switching up their typical plans and timeline, or was that did that take some convincing? Uh, the engineer uh, Alex is uh, was awesome. He just like you could tell he just loves to do what he does, and he was willing to put in the extra time. I'm sure he got paid on his end for that as well. So yeah, it, yeah, it all just worked out. Yeah, I mean, I I remember saying is like. If you have to spend this much time and that much time, and you can all do it in a condensed time, isn't that more money per hour? I mean, there's lots of co- funny conversations. It's like, well, I guess that, yeah, that math works. And then, um, you know, we had a filter come in and it wasn't the right filter, and we switched it. He's like, well, it's gonna this. And that. I was like, no, 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 you just do that, and we do this, and like it was chaotic, but I think it was again cowboy and fun, and yeah. and uh, all works out. All's well that ends well. Great beer starts with great ingredients. At Havoc Brewing Supply, they offer a wide selection of premium hops, fruit purees, malt, cleaning supplies, and more. Their family-owned business is dedicated to helping you create the perfect beer. Havoc offers flexible contracts, lightning-fast shipping, and unrivaled customer service. Join the Havoc Brewing Supply family and elevate your brewing game. Shop small, brew big, grow together. Visit HavocBrewingSupply.com today to learn more. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours tastings and classes come sample the most awarded distillery in frederick today so what uh tell me a little bit about the brew house and your brewing equipment what size uh system and yeah so this is a a 10 barrel brew house it's steam powered rather than like a direct fire or or electric um we have seven 10 barrel fermenters a 10 barrel bright and two 20 barrel fermenters. So we have about 110 uh, capacity in the cellar at any any given time, which is, you know, pretty pretty average for a microbrewery yeah. of our size. Uh, do you you do some light distribution, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty- yep. So we uh, pretty much just distribute in Maryland um, with Craft Coalition. Um, we try to focus, though, Frederick, Washington County, Western yeah. Maryland still. Um, there's not a huge craft community out to Western Maryland, but we hope we're going to build it, and we're going to keep pushing that. Um, of course, we go to about the eastern shore, but we're really not on the, the coast. Okay. <clears throat> but I would, I would assume most, of, um, most stuff is sold through the tap room. Yes, primarily tap room. We're about uh, 70% of our sales go to our to our own tap room yeah 30 where you want them to be 30 percent is distro <laughs> yeah yeah um so why why did you choose hagerstown as opposed to frederick or because you live in frederick right? i live in frederick yeah. but i grew up in hagerstown so is that my brother yeah motivation motivation right? again real estate wise we have real estate in hagerstown um plus we like the market i mean it's not that anything against Frederick. We live in Frederick for our own, just keeping a little bit of distance from work. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard when you work for yourself to kind of separate. So yeah. Frederick's that little bit of a break for us personally. 
but Hagerstown is where we wanted to have the business. We wanted to bring something. Not that we don't enjoy Hagerstown for all of the stuff it has, but it still has a little bit of fight to have some of that city energy to it. And we're not saying we're bringing the city to Hagerstown. I mean, we grew up here, but um, we wanted to have a, a place that people would really come and there could be something every night of the week. You know, I mean, we still talk about, should we close Monday and Tuesday? Should we do this? Should we, you know, we, we opened up having hours starting at lunchtime. And I said, if we stay up until midnight, we're going to stay up until midnight. And we wanted to break a lot of the maybe traditional brewery rules where we, you know, close at eight or 10 o'clock. We want to be, if we want to stay up until midnight, let's see where it goes in this first year. We're going to really spread our wings and, and be open to the idea. But the biggest, biggest thing was that we wanted to have entertainment and fun, something fun to do in Hagerstown that was different. That wasn't your normal thing. Yeah, and, and Hagerstown's definitely far from being saturated with breweries like a lot of other, like Frederick <laughs> says. You have, you have ones out here that will draw people, but there aren't so many that it's as tough a competition as Frederick would probably be. And I guess, you know, living in Frederick, you kind of go around to each brewery, for me at least, and you're like, this flavor's here, this flavor's there. You don't really look at the message. And I think out here in Western Maryland, you have a different, a little bit of different business plan to try to draw. So, you know, you have to attract people a lot farther, 20, 30 minutes, 40 yeah. minutes. It's not just the flavor of the beer. And I've been told, like, the, there's more of an education component out here, too, like almost kind of having to explain what craft beer is opposed to a Budweiser Bud Light or... Yeah, I would say it's not just explaining the flavor or the hops. It's explaining basic what craft beer is and what, what it's meant to be. It's fresh and good and and just, yeah, I'd agree. How's the reception been so far? Awesome. I mean, I hear... Every time I wear the hat, I mean, I try to wear my gear. Today, I'm not wearing any, but I, I would say 99% of the time, I'm wearing thick and thin gear now during the day. And from the UPS guy to the, I called an HVAC company today and told them where we're at. And oh, I've been there. I work here and this and that. And so many people on the side of the street just say, hey, I was here the other night or I, I want to get out there. And I'd say it's been really, really well received. I think we're also not just people coming for the beer, I think we're getting repeat customers. I think we're getting a lot of um, got people who are, what do they call it? Like a, just a regular bar, not, not bar flies, but. <laughs> regulars. Regulars. We got our regulars. We got our regulars, which is Your nice. fan base. We have a fan. It started. <laughs> we already have people who want to have weddings here. Uh, we had a celebration of life. We've had birthday parties. We've had retirement parties. I mean, we've, we've been really, really well received. Did you have the canning line from the very beginning, or was that a adaptation? Yeah, that was. Uh, we weren't even really planning on doing that. We thought we were going to use Ironheart uh, and do mobile canning, okay. and quickly realized that mobile canning on top of distribution kind of leaves no margin at all. Yeah. And so then quickly there's we were too like, many people taking cuts. <laughs> ex- yep. And um, we looked into these micro canners, uh, which is what we have now. This uh, Twin Monkeys. Um, it works great. Uh, the only drawback is the speed. So it's a one head filler. It, we can only do about 10 cases an hour. So it's, it's oh, pretty yeah, slow, but it works in the space that we have. And that's yeah. really we, the, 
that's our constraints at the moment. Um, but we're looking into possibly expanding that in the future. Already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, we're, awesome. we're talking about it. Um, I think that, again, it was a build while you fly it. And um, everybody said, you're going to need more storage. You're going to need more space. It's just happened. And we thought we, bu- we built the brew house well, I think, like you said. it, But uh, from a canning and from distro and from what you need to s- survive out here in Western Maryland, it's, you need to have a distro component for us, at least. And uh, no, I think, I think we could be expanding within a year to a year and a half. Awesome. So just you need to be able to put more beer in the packages to be able to push into the wild frontier to the east. Yeah. Or I mean west, wrong way. Uh, for us, I think it's also going to be a little bit in-house. We might, like I said from the beginning, with the commercial real estate, we might open up some other tap rooms okay. and supply ourselves. And so if we can supply ourselves, um, that would help with the distro component. Yeah. And most of, I would say we sell a lot of to-go beer now. You know, it's we part of being not that traditional background of, of brewery. My brother and I were like, well, kind of is a liquor store, and if we have cases of beer filled up every day of our own beer, I mean, we go into a lot of breweries. Like, there's only one case of beer in here. Like, there's only one cooler, one or two fridges. We have six fridges, six stores. We can hold. What would you estimate? How many cases? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> couple hundred at least 200 if not more and so it looks good i mean when somebody comes in it's definitely inviting people want to go you know you keep those shelves i mean like i said i'm from the sales background you got to show people you got to show people the inventory you got to show them what they they, want you don't want to put that friction of someone having to ask if you have it in a can yeah and uh and you want it to show well you know i think if you come to the to the brewery it's a it's a good showpiece it's a it's an eye catcher and not just the cans i mean the labels are great the derek got a great idea to put the heads on styrofoam helps with some sound bear some sound issues as well as just marketing and labeling so i mean i think all together it's just it's a it's a good showpiece from the cans and the labels and things get a lot of compliments who does the labels uh brian baltz okay. is a freelance artist yeah. who's, who's been working in the beer industry for over a decade now and yeah, he's worked he, with a lot of breweries. He, he really has and he, he kills it um you know i've worked with him uh previously and uh always had a good rapport so i just reached out to him and asked if he was interested in doing all of our our branding and uh and you can see there we're looking yeah. at the we're looking at our cooler wall where all of our labels are and it just has this really nice symmetry to it um and he makes a consistently awesome label every time. All right, pop quiz, Chris. Which label doesn't belong? <laughs> On the spot. Like that he didn't do? Which one didn't he didn't he do? The second one down. Bog Lord? The white one? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, I don't have another guy. Day sauce. The one right above the slide to open. That was our original beer, so a little bit oh, of... Oh, okay. Uh, about that beer, Day Sauce, is our Pilsner. It's our high-selling uh, t- taproom beer. It's great. Um, Pilsner. Yeah, it's a great beer. So a little bit of history to that is, again, our construction background. From We knew that we'd have to have a beer for our construction guys. Back in the day, <laughs> Wild Wild West, when we first started, I mean, we'd bring cases of beer out to the construction site. We Masons would fight the framers, you know. 
people would have their issues. I mean, I had put a stop to that in 2005, but when I took over construction, but we knew the background of, of our background of being in construction, we need to have a good Pilsner or logger. And, uh, it's one of the first, that was one of our first beers. So in the beginning we hadn't met Brian yet necessarily. We didn't, again, we didn't want, we weren't canning. We weren't going to really do labels. We yeah. just needed some imagery and, and, um, came up with, uh, that image. Day sauce is my, comes up from my brother's nickname. His name is Hassan, but he goes by sauce to his friends. And then day sauce is you can drink it all day and not uh-huh. get in trouble. And, uh, so it's one of our fun beers. It definitely looks like a label he would have done though. Well, he did. He did assist with with fish, finishing it up. Oh, so, okay. so we took like a. He he just did like an expediated version uh, gotcha. for that label. Still had his hands in it though. Yeah, my favorite thing about the labels is each head for each different beer that we put out is different, but it also ties back into just our original label, which is like one of my favorite things that Brian does. Oh yeah, I didn't notice that. Ever. That's cool. Yeah, that was one of the selling points when the marketing team came up. So we had, um, back to the question about like the name and the marketing, that one reason why we did pick this one is when we showed everybody the versions from the Ikea version, they said, well, we have one fun, different one. Um, and everybody's like, oh, the dude is great. We love the dude. The dude can do so many different things. You can make the dude like do a whole bunch of stuff. And, and that kind of then grew into the each beer name and label can have the guy kind of doing something different. So Jake, are you responsible for all the, I mean, basically for the beer in general, like the, what, what's going to be made, the recipe development or do Adam and his brother, do you, do you weigh in on it that at all? Or do you allow Jake to just take the wheel? Uh, no, I mean, I, I certainly have, I would say about 90%. Uh, Adam and Hassan will come to me with, with ideas and, and beer styles that they want to include in our, in our um, repertoire. But uh, when it comes down to it, it has to be something that I can replicate or something that, I mean, sometimes I just can't produce it with whatever equipment we don't have. Um, like what? Um, for example, like uh, uh, fermented hard seltzers. Um, you know, we don't have the filtration system to, okay. to do it the, the proper way. Um, so we, we offer in-house seltzers that are RTD instead, so, gotcha. or made by bartenders. And that still fills that, that gap yeah. for people. Um, but as far as um, this designing, like what beers are coming out, it's usually I'm putting beers on the schedule, I'm doing recipe development, um, label design is, you know, at least I do the concepts and the names. So Overall, I would say, yeah, that's a, that's a large part of my, my responsibilities here. So what is your philosophy or approach to the beers that Thick and Thin offers? We wanted to just be able to cover that whole spectrum, if possible. I know there's, there's always somebody that's going to come in and say, why don't you have an ESB or where's yeah. your barley wine? When are you going to do, do a Belgian triple? Um, don't worry. Those things are coming eventually, <laughs> but uh, we try to just hit all the bases at all times. And uh, with us having up to uh, 20 taps available, it's pretty easy to do. Uh, 
And we tend to have multiple IPAs, multiple fruited sours, multi beers, um, and cover that whole color palette. How, um, how often do you have to brew? Uh, on average, it's about three days a week. So we're, we're brewing three days a week and then we're, we're canning about two days a week. So slowly. Yes. <laughs> at a snail's pace. <laughs> Derek can tell you about that. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. Um, um, from my brother's standpoint, just to, you know, we thought we, like seltzers was like an idea, like from a non-beer drinker, like I said, non-beer maker. We thought, oh, thick cans, thin cans, 16-ounce cans, all these things. So it was one of the beginning philosophies, like thoughts that we were going to do to do seltzers. And then it just, you know, we read all the, the articles. Oh, the seltzer is coming. Like, you, you know, the seltzer market's still open. Nobody's claiming the seltzer market. And then we just realized, like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we don't have the equipment for it. We don't need to do it. Um, and then from the other standpoint, I mean, Jake really, I want to say, like, really does do the whole gamut. From our perspective, we'll say, hey, we like, oh, you know, lower alcohol content, or we want to try to do this, or we want to try to do that. And then it really is Jake and, and Derek. I mean, we, we give basic, basic foundation of like where the parameters are. We want to do a lighter this or, or a lighter that, or we want to do this or we want to, it's, it's very probably summed up in two sentences. And then from there, Jake, Derek, and the team kind of just take it between naming labels, everything else. And, and, uh, and from that standpoint from development, which we appreciate, we want to keep that consistency. Same with the labels where we want to keep the consistency with Brian, we're really trying to create a brand and a flavor and something really specific to us. And we don't want to be pigeonholed into one thing or the other. We want to keep making good beer and, and good things and seltzer. While it was a great idea and a concept before we brewed anything. Um, and it was a great idea. Oh, it's, it's open. Nobody's claimed the seltzer market necessarily. Um, I think that was, there's a lot of good theories out there, but as the beer gets made, I think we're really seeing that focus of making good beer. Seltzer's died off a lot too, hasn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, especially, especially the, the craft, more expensive craft seltzer. Right. Now we're moving into these RTD seltzers that are yeah. vodka infused okay. rather than um, fermented. Uh, and it, you get so, so much cleaner flavor off of it. Um, and the customers are so much more in tune with that. Like the, when the White Claws and Trulies were booming three years ago, People didn't know any different, but now that you have these like high noons, for example, that are vodka based, it's 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 a no brainer. It's so much better oh, yeah, in flavor. The, what's the there's the tequila one, the something Mamitas. Mamitas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's Mamitas and then Cacti, which I think was Travis Scott's baby. Child. Yes, yeah, that's right. Which was like nine percent. They were crazy. That's too much. Uh, now, now you've got these uh, mom waters. Have you had one? No. What's so, that? <laughs> it's good for like floating on the river or whatever, but we'll, we'll probably bring them on our trip. They have to now. They <laughs> are uncarbonated, unlike a seltzer. And, but other than that, everything is the same. So take a seltzer, make it flat. It's just flavored water with vodka in it. <laughs> <laughs> so it Sounds disgusting. It's, it's actually really good. Okay. Refreshing. Great. Yeah. Well, uh, what is the? There was something, something water that was, but like 
supposed to be the next big thing, and then it never happened. Um, like smart water? No, uh, it was a like a RTD type thing. Uh, it was some ranch water. Is that a thing? That is a brand as well. Yeah. Okay. Let's not tell. I'm glad Sasan's not here. He wanted to take our recycled water and make another like alcohol out of it. Whatever. Like, I don't know what that means. I know. Neither do I. He wanted. <laughs> yeah. He's got all these ideas. He wants to open up a distillery soon. He wants to open up this. That do not need another project. <laughs> I mean, that's the in vogue thing to do. Just make all the alcohol. I know. He wants to do. We. I've run a whiskey distillery plan, a gin distillery plan. Uh, we're talking about a food truck now. <laughs> Lots of ideas. That's a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. And we have, uh, right now, we have 220 apartments under construction. We have two five and belows, four medical centers that are over 10,000 square feet. So we have a lot of other things going on construction-wise. So, Yeah, I don't, it doesn't seem like you need extra projects. <laughs> <laughs> He's got ex- especially low margin. <laughs> He's got extra dreams. Ones. He's got a ton of extra dreams. At least, at least all of his dreams are for businesses you have to scrape by for every dollar you make. <laughs> Dynamic duo for sure. <laughs> oh, Maybe that's a beer name. Extra dreams. <laughs> that is. That's a good beer name. We, um, used, we used to have a board where we had a dry erase board. I got keep. It always got taken off. I like the dry erase. What happened? Let's see the inside scoop. What, what happened? The- uh, I don't like clutter. Ah. <laughs> Me too. Keep Dutch. it on your phone, on a, on a memo. <laughs> I mean, that door is close to a dry erase board, just right, right directly on there. That's why it's stained red. <laughs> Someone already had that idea. Oh, yeah, I do see where there is not there completely go. cleaned yeah. off dry erase yeah. marker. I would let uh, clients sometimes call or customers come in like, hey, write a note to the brewer. Write the, whatever you guys want. They'd leave a note. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got some very interesting requests <laughs> like, and names well, as Such well. as? Uh, not safe for work. Definitely. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> so you bring people back here that have been drinking for a little while first. <laughs> not anymore. That was in the beginning. Not, not too much anymore. We learned uh, that we didn't have any bat. We definitely stopped before there were any problems. No, it's just a bunch of goofy people. I don't think it was like any. What I, I still like to say, we're still for a small business, whether it's real estate or this, we want to keep it small. We want to keep it local and we want to have fun. And um, I don't want to get too big where there's like red tape. I don't want to get too big where there's like too much animosity or anger or competition or, you know, power struggle. We do want to keep it normal. We want to keep it like everybody. I always say everybody's got two eyes, two ears, nose and a mouth. Put your pants on the same every day. So, and I want to keep that. I enjoy that part of it. I don't know you would be surprised how I put my pants on. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, and so bringing people back here was part of that education, was part of that fun. But, uh, you know, we do have, and we have beer sharing back here. That comment made my day, just so everyone knows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I think we've had some good parties back here. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, the beer share is something that we definitely love. It's the last Friday of every month. Um, and from home brewers to what's left in your fridge, people bring it in. And it's uh, grown quite a bit. It's a really cool community. People just bringing stuff in, sharing it back here. And 
just talking beer. So it's it's a really good time. I think it's neat because of being in the suburbs. It's they don't they're like I feel like they kind of feel like alone out here. Like oh my god, there's something so close. You don't have to go too far. And then you have the other people who are really really into it and they drive like an hour. Like oh my god, we gotta wow. do it. yeah. So it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, we've we've definitely had a broad spectrum of people come in. It's like from you know. Uh, brewing in a bag to getting a kit last week it's it's been really cool to see the, the turnout for that you have touched on it a little bit um but i believe like i've seen you do do a lot of different types of events like a lot of the typical brewery ones is that accurate yeah, no, like we try to have a, a trivia and like all those types of things. Trivia, live, definitely live music, trivia. We haven't done too much like paint night because um, I just don't think we have the established crowd for something a little bit. I don't know. We do bingo. We've had a lot of fun with bingo. Um, we have open mic was great. We had an event. So we started open mic um, with a local guy who does it here, uh, Ed, who's awesome. <laughs> Everybody loves Ed. Um, and we started doing uh, a competition. We started realizing that, you know, people wanted to come out because our live music was so great and such a big hit. People like, hey, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play. And it was hard to kind of, we were going so fast and filling so many spots. We are like, hey, well, if you come out to open mic, you can get a chance to play on a Friday or Saturday for a paid gig. Then it turned into, well, why don't we have a competition? Why don't we get like kind of a group together to like vote and say, these are the people who are gonna gonna win and then have a bigger headliner pay a little bit more even for a bigger band and they can have it be the opening act and we had 10 we had a country like a not no it was a I forget what we called it but it was a, a music festival where we had winners from the open mic nights open up 10 different winners open up for a, a band and it was a full music day and i was really oh, really cool. well received and so you know a lot of our events we're trying to take those traditional ones and then build on them and make them a little bit different and more interesting see how they go do you package or can every beer you make, or is it uh, just a selection of them? No, it's just right now it's it's whatever uh, we think is going to do well out in the market. Um, there's certain brands that are just um, in-house only at the moment. Um, and, you know, over time, more and more brands will go up um, to have labels for, for canning, but we're just kind of slowly working our way into it. And it takes time. It does, um, <laughs> you know, and we're starting from from scratch on all these recipes too. So it's nice to do a couple rounds of a of a, a specific beer um, before I feel one hundred percent confident to put it out there yeah. to the public in the distro market. So you you had mentioned um, filtration having to do with the seltzer thing. Is that so? It doesn't continuously ferment and pre-fermentation or is that that is that is a part of it or flash pasteurization is another way that you can where you can add real fruit instead of extracts um uh, the filtration aspect is more for clarity and to help uh remove some of that sulfur dioxide that's very prevalent in um, fermented seltzers you'll you'll get that kind of egg rotten egg okay character um and Nobody wants that. No, that's not a, not a pleasant flavor. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, I don't think it matters. I feel like seltzers didn't get nearly as big as craft breweries expected them to. It was like a flash in the pan, kind of. Yeah, it, it really did. Uh, it peaked 
and I think it's already it's it's fizz, starting to fizzle out. But you know, there is a a time and place to have seltzers. I, yeah. as a brewer, I'm not against them. I'm just saying that there's proper way to make yeah. them. You couldn't do them to the quality standards that you want to. Exactly. You know, your brother's probably right. A distillery would be a good idea. And yeah. bourbon only continues yeah. to grow in popularity. Oh, he's got uh, a plan. You get to spend a whole lot of money up front, wait <laughs> two to five years before you get revenue. Oh, he's got a plan to, to, <laughs> to fix all that, and, and uh, he's got a master plan he's working on. So get ready for that, boys. <laughs> so Love is it going to be Thick and Thin Distillery, or does he have a, do you have a different name? Totally different name. That? Totally different name. But I don't know what it is. Do you have any suggestions? No. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no we, we'd any. like to, I think it would go well with a bigger um, venue. I think uh, it was great being in a strip mall, but it does have its limitations. Um, the next, next phase would be a large kind of acreage um, property. To do, do like a farm brewery type or distillery, a farm distillery, a farm distillery with a, a amphitheater, a place for real music again to bring to Western Maryland. I mean, being on seventy and eighty one, um, doing something that you know could have bigger events. I mean, it's definitely a need out here. We get requests for bigger events, bigger venues. Um, part of the problem with having live music is we just can't have enough people. Part of the yeah. reason why we want to expand is is having better place to have a music venue, and so um, definitely, I think together having thick and thin here and then having something on a, a bigger parcel a bigger piece of property would be nice yeah because there's really like out here there's really no competition for that right there aren't many ag center ag center is a good good one but for a, a real music venue i mean uh antietam has a lot of property they do a great job with having festivals but to have something that's really music yeah it's oriented. What I mean. like there's not there's not really any kind of music venue and we don't really have anything along that line in Frederick either. So you theoretically pull a lot of people from Frederick <laughs> too. <laughs> I'll just play. <laughs> no, it would be a lot of fun. I think, uh, I think, and I think this area really wants it. If you go to the AgFest and all their events, um, you'll see there's a big draw, and getting out here would be would be good. And I think, again, COVID changed some things. Not to be political or whatever, but I think it just. Uh, People want to be together and do things together. And yeah. And, uh, yeah. Sounds like you better learn how to distill, Jake. I'm already working on that. <laughs> <laughs> we got the first half of it done. Yeah, so I can already make the, the wash. Yeah. So we got that part covered. That's really the hardest part for most distillers is getting getting the wash. Um, just heating like it up and running it through a coil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm a whiskey guy. I like my brown, my brown whiskey. There you go. There you go. I mean, all you gotta do is spend a bunch of money and wait several years. Yeah, Sit on it for <laughs> a long time before you can sell it. It's the perfect business model. Let's <laughs> keep throwing money at it. That's right. Yeah, that's all you have to do. <laughs> um, what's the best way for people to stay up to date with what's going on at Thick and Thin? Unfortunately, Facebook. <laughs> I'm not proud of that, but, um, <laughs> you know, Instagram is great. Social media is what it is. Um, we're trying to build our website, but um, it's going to take some time. Um, I think that 
right now also just coming out you know but to to get our events everything right now is kind of run by facebook unfortunately it's not not on threads it's just not no. getting the traction no. <laughs> <laughs> just joking uh, i didn't even know what threads was till it was already out did you guys know never heard of it there you go <laughs> You're not a social media person at all, right, Jay? No, I'm a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) He did send me something last night on Instagram, which he's never done before. (laughs) So, are you feeling okay? No. (laughs) (laughs) He's not feeling good after Um, that. And you're just thick and thin brewing on... Our website is thickandthinbrewery.com, which is, again, back to that original. And then our... Facebook is thick hyphen n hyphen thin, and uh, I don't know what our Instagram is. Probably the same, I would guess. It's just at thick, the letter n, and then thin. It's a three different okay. ways. So it's it's a really thick. great marketing yep. strategy. Oh yeah, I, um, we're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not a marketing genius or anything, but I think that may have been a strategic error. <laughs> you, yes. may wanna, you may want to edit one of those. <laughs> Just add the dashes to the Instagram one. Let's put it on the list. Put it on the list. <laughs> Do you have time to answer some intentionally stupid questions? Of course, whatever you want. Who would win a battle between a ninja and a pirate? Oh, that's all you, Jake. That's a Jake question. That's a Jake question. Um, I'm going to go pirate. That's correct. Okay. That one for one. Absolutely correct. Does pineapple belong on pizza? That's only for dogs. The answer is no. Two for two. <laughs> is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Absolutely. I don't have a strong opinion on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just say correct. Yes. Um, the Jewish guy <laughs> says it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes you the authority. Huh? Is Nickelback a good band? I'm going to curse. <laughs> I'm going to say guys ready to curse. <laughs> we made it so long. And that's a fuck now. <laughs> Thank you. They do make good memes. They do make fantastic memes. They are good for that. Crunchy or creamy peanut butter? I'm a creamy fan. That is my favorite question. I ask all of my men's volleyball incoming freshmen at Hood College this question because it tells a lot about character, and the answer is crunchy. That is the correct answer. Oh, no. I said (laughs) creamy. Uh Uh-oh. It's the texture. The texture is way better with crunchy. Ain't some creamy peanut butter is better than other, but, like, some's just, like, there's nothing there. And it's $9 a jar. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the Powerball is currently a billion dollars. If you were to win, what would you purchase other than a distillery, music venue? All my debt. (laughs) (laughs) That's boring. Jake? Derek? I can't even imagine what I I would do. (laughs) I never even considered what I would do with that much money. So, well, you would only end up with giving it all to charity. Yeah, (laughs) I bet you would. (laughs) If you had a parrot, what would you teach it to say? Eat shit. 
Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> what is one item that you can't live without? You got that one, Derek. I, I don't. Um, is beer a cheesy answer? Yes. Okay, then I'll say beer. <laughs> what is your most unpopular food opinion? Callback, pineapple does not belong on pizza. <laughs> no, that's, but that's accurate. And there's no such, my wife is from Jersey. Jersey is not known for pizza, bagels. It's not New York. And so New York has food. Jersey is just Jersey. Just Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> What's your go-to breakfast cereal and why? Uh, maple pecan honey bunches of oats. You're fancy. I am fancy. <laughs> this is not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite Disney princess? Not into Disney princesses. No. <laughs> Probably Jasmine. Jasmine was pretty hot. She's a darkie <laughs> like me. That's a hot take. Uh, probably Moana. Because she can bend water. So She's like Avatar. <laughs> What's the dumbest injury you've ever had? Oh, I got a good one, actually. Last week, uh, or no, sorry, last month, I slipped and fell into a car, car, the carb stone, and I had five stitches inside of my ear. It was crazy. That was, was stupid. It was very <laughs> stupid. Very, very stupid. Good job. <laughs> All right, one more. What is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? We had lamb brain here a couple of weeks yes, ago. Yes, and it was delicious. We, we roasted did. a whole lamb on a spit for my brother's 50th. And I was like, crack open that skull. They, they split the skull right down the middle, like it was two plates. And you grab a fork, and you scoop the brain out, like and butter. just go for it. It's, it's got this kind of pate consistency, but it tastes almost like, a, like crab dip. I don't think that I could physically bring it to my mouth. Only a thick and thin, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I do love lamb, though. The skin is great, too. I've never had the skin. I bought the spit. I was just like, done. I want the spit. We're going to be having pig roast here at Thick and Thin, lamb roast. Definitely going to be a, a regular staple here. I want an invite to the next lamb roast. You got Are it. you going to eat the brain? If that's what it takes, maybe a little bit. I'll put some crunchy peanut butter on it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, everyone, come on out to... Hagerstown, check out Thick and Thin. They're doing good things out here. Thank you very much, Chris. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh, my God. That's good.